Hey everybody and welcome to today's episode of Iron Moms where our mission is to forge ourselves into something greater through Christ and with one another. I'm your host Selena Lonero and I'm pumped to have you tuning into the show today. Last week's episode we touched down on 1 Peter chapters 4 and 5 and we talked about how Peter tells us to handle trials. If you hadn't had a chance to hear it yet I would go listen to that episode. There's a lot of useful information in those passages that I think everyone can benefit from. But on today's episode, we're going to go through the story of David and Goliath. We'll go over a little bit of the history leading up to that face-off. We'll read a few of the verses that God said so well they need highlighting. And of course, I'll be adding some thoughtful commentary of my own along the way. But before we jump in, I just wanted to remind everyone that it's really important for us as Bible-believing Christians to read through the Bible story by story. It's great that people have found certain verses that work for them, and in no way am I discrediting Bible studies, but we really need to understand the context of the verse. I love going through my Bible studies and just selecting to read the whole chapter as I read them. It makes the Bible studies last longer, and I get to connect with God on a deeper level. So let's just start. Um, we are going to be reading through 1 Samuel 15 through 17, and so with the ancient history starting there, uh, Saul is the king of the Israelites. He was placed in office by God after the Israelites insisted on having a king. Um, and so God tells Saul to attack the Amalekites and completely wipe them out, leaving nothing, including their livestock, goods, and all people. And he ignores God's complete instructions. He saves a specific tribe. He holds the former king captive. He keeps the goods from the former towns and erects a statue in his own honor. And this obviously displeases God. And God sends Samuel to Saul. Samuel is the prophet of this time. Um, he sends Samuel to Saul to tell him that he's leaving him. And Saul argues with him with Samuel um, when he comes to talk to him and he says but in verse 20 chapter 15 verse 20 he says but I did obey the Lord Saul said I went on the mission the Lord assigned me I completely destroyed the Amicalites and brought back Agag their king the soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder the best of what was devoted to God in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal and when I was reading that in the context of the entire, you know, story, it's so like, it sounds like he's just trying to make like a really bad excuse for himself as to why he didn't follow the instructions that God gave him. Um, and it, it kind of made me laugh, but it also made me think like, how many times have we done that to God when we've heard the instructions, but like we didn't follow through with them for, you know, whatever reason, you know, maybe Saul didn't want to waste the meat or like he, you know, didn't want to like just throw the gold away because, you know, that's so much money. But, um, you know, he didn't follow the instructions that God gave him. And so Samuel responded to him by saying, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. And so with that, the Spirit of God leaves Saul. And that that's that's the end of it. Like there's there's no going back. He can't like, you know, pray that God gives it back to him. He has to earn it back, but he never does. Um 
So because of the Israelites wanted so badly to have a king, um, even though they were warned by Samuel what, would the, what the king would do during his reign, God allows Saul to stay in power. But God already is making moves to ready the new God-appointed king to take the throne, which is David. Uh, David, I like to think, I, I like to think that this means that David wasn't really ready yet. Like he had some growing up to do, or he had some growth that he had to do with God. Um, but by the time God commands Samuel to go to Bethlehem to anoint the new chosen king, he has gone through enough of it that he is ready to receive that blessing. So when Samuel rolls in town, he's assuming the son of Jesse that is supposed to be taking over the seat of the king will be, you know, strong, tall, macho, you know, he will be king-like. But God speaks to Samuel of the strongest when he's, you know, looking at the strongest and tallest of the sons in verse 16 or chapter 16, verse 7. He says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So finally, after Samuel insists to Jesse on seeing his youngest son, David, who was out tending the sheep, he brings David in and he anoints him as the true king to the throne of Israel. And the Lord's spirit comes upon him in power. And so David at that time, you know, before the spirit of the Lord came on him, he wasn't a very strong boy. He was like wispy, I think is how the uh, Bible refers to him. He's willowy. He's not, you know, he's short, he's skinny, but God comes on him in power, like strength and, and might. So I thought that was really cool and, and very powerful. So, uh, he took David because of his heart, and then he filled in where he lacked, which God does for all of us, you know. Uh, so the Lord set, at this time, the Lord sets an evil spirit to bug Saul back at the castle. And so Saul starts requesting a servant to play music for him when the spirit comes and starts to bother him. And one of his servants was telling him about how David, he's good looking, he's, you know, he's smart, he plays the harp. <laughs> And God is with him. And so Saul invites David to come to the castle and he is pleased with him. And so he sends uh, David's father a letter that says that he wants him to stay with him. So he does end up going back and forth between his father's field to tend the sheep and then to the castle to tend to the king. But that's how God placed David in the position to start taking his rightful place as king. He, he you know... I thought that was really interesting that he, God himself, like he sent an evil spirit to bug someone so he could further his kingdom, which I thought was um, really so very interesting because it's like, how many times have you been in a position where it's kind of like a forced chess move, you know, and God's kind of making you move. And if you don't, you know, God's a little displeased. He'll either leave you alone until you're ready to make that choice or who knows? Possibilities are endless. Um, but so time goes on and is, is real is dispatched. Their army is dispatched to go fight the Philistines who are trying to invade the border. And so this is where Goliath comes in and he comes forward 
at the the head of the battle every day for 40 days in verse 17 cha or chapter 17 verse 8 and he says why do you come out and line up for battle am i not a philistine and are you not the servants of saul choose a man and have him come down to me if he is able to fight and kill me we will become your subjects but if i overcome him and kill him you will be the you will become our subjects and serve us and so you know goliath is doing this for 40 days david is at his father's house tending the sheep and his father instructs him to go out to the battle to bring a certain amount of supplies with him for the troops and then to go check on his brothers and to get good news from them saying basically that we're alive still you know and all that that fun stuff um and so david is there checking on his older brothers and he's like walking around camp trying to figure out who this goliath guy is and why he keeps saying this same thing over and over again and he thinks it's really disrespectful and he ends up finally finding the king to which he says to Saul in chapter 17, verse 33, that, okay, so Saul starts the conversation. He says, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy, and he has been a fighting man from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair struck it and killed it your servant has killed both the lion and the bear this uncircumcised philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living god the lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this philistine and saul said to david go and the lord be with you so off david goes to battle uh, Saul does give him some armor to wear, but he refuses to wear the armor because it doesn't fit him properly. Um, he says in uh, chapter 17, verse, what is this? Verse 39, David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. And he said, I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. This guy comes up against a nine-foot giant with a smooth stone and a sling. <laughs> Talk about having trust and faith in God that he's going to help you and deliver you from some trial. <laughs> um. But as he comes up to Goliath, he says in chapter 17, verse 45, he says, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and cut your head off. Today, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beast of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All of those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. So that's super powerful, and he obviously is very passionate and knows that God is going to come through and help him and help everyone and, and destroy these Philistines. 
And it, it's just a really awesome like story. I hope you guys got something out of it because I definitely did. Um, but the questions that I have for you today are like, or, and the call to action is that like God, David, God anoints us with power to fight the Goliaths in our lives. What is your Goliath? How have you been dealing with it? Have you been pushing it off because you're too busy? Have you stood still long enough to notice it really is a problem? I implore you to handle your Goliath with God. Go forth armed with a stone and a sling and shout, I will not be defeated. My family will go forward and blessings in blessings and strength because my God is with me and goes before me. I do not fear. Speak life and God's light into your situation unceasingly. We as mothers and wives have a really powerful position in our families, but if we don't step up and pick up our sword and fight those battles, who will? Be a warrior for yourself and your families and don't allow Satan to have a stronghold on your children or your husbands or even each other, your friends and sisters in Christ. But I don't, you might say to yourself, but I don't have enough uh, faith for that. You may ask yourself, but I'm telling you, all you need is the faith the size of a mustard seed. Have you ever seen a mustard seed? It's almost like it's not visible. That is the amount of faith that you need to take charge and tell any situation in your life that God is with you and he goes before you and you have no fear. And that mountain will move out of your way. And it's awesome. So in conclusion, thanks for tuning in today. Make sure you like our Facebook group so we can connect and talk with one another. And we'll see you next time on Iron Moms. Bye. Uh -huh.